So I felt in my heart to talk about serve one another. So turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. And I've cried, so now I don't see much. So I need these. Galatians, let's read there. For you were called to freedom. We sang about it tonight. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, through love. If you're making notes in your Bible, which you should, just underline, through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what does it mean to serve or service? What is it in a, in a plain and simple English language, just as plain and simple explanation tonight is, it means that one person cares for another person in need. That's what it means. And within the church, you will find many that have a need. You will find many that you can care for. And here, Paul is reminding us in the scriptures tonight what it means and how to do it and continue to do it. So, the word serve in this verse, if you translate it into Greek, it's the word doulos. And it's exactly the same word that is used for slave. Okay, so if you have an NIV, uh, ESV Bible, you can turn like literally right in the front of your Bible. It will say that the word doulos or slave has been changed in most translations because of the bad connotation it's got, especially in the States. You can understand slavery wasn't a fantastic thing. So they changed the word to bond servant or servant, but the base word is meaning slave. Doulos is a slave. And God is calling me to be your slave. Cool. I'm supposed to be my wife's slave, my children's slave. Because he's called me and you. And you guys prayed it in the beginning. I don't know what you asked. You asked for this. To, to stir us up, Lord, into something new and more. But that's what it means. So let's look at it tonight and what it really means to be a slave. And I want to note, though, that it is quite ironic, having urged the readers previously in this chapter, Paul said, don't become slaves to the law or don't become slaves to your sinful nature. Now he's encouraging the people to say become slaves of one another. It's a paradox. It feels like it's a paradox, but it's a valuable paradox that we have in the Bible. The slavery to your old self, the slavery to your sinful nature is self-destructive. But the slavery to one another is a deep source of joy. So the word serve or doulos or douleo, doulos is really servant, means to be a slave to serve, to do service, to be in the position of a slave and thus act accordingly. If I'm a slave to Christ, I belong to Him, which I am. 
He bought me. I don't belong to myself anymore. He paid the highest price that could ever be paid by blood, by his death, by his burial and his resurrection. He paid for it. I'm paid for. That's what redemption is all about. The word redemption is to be redeemed, is to be bought with a price. Price was blood. God demanded that price. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, please the Father to crush his son on our behalf so that we might have life. Please the Father. Because that's the ransom. That's the price. To serve is in this context, in this word, it is in the present imperative. In other words, it demands, it requires an action to be performed. It's not in the passive voice. If you study languages, this is not in a passive voice. This is not like, yeah, maybe. This is a command. It demands. If I tell my children to go clean your room, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. I didn't ask them, go clean your room when you feel like it. It's like the Great Commission. Hey, Matthew. God didn't say, if you feel like it, go out into the world and preach the gospel. He said, go. It's a command. It's the same that we have here. Serve one another. It's not a suggestion. It's not an optional extra. It's not the tow bar on your car. Okay. But don't try. Do not try. I'm asking you tonight. Do not try to obey this reliance or this thing. Don't rely on your own strength. Do not try and serve everybody because there's hundreds of people that's doing it in their own strength. They serve people with meals and, I mean, there's hundreds of humanitarian ways of doing this. The church is different. It's not about the humanitarian little things that we do. It's about serving one another. And I'll show you right now what it really, really means. Don't try and rely on your own strength. You cannot do this. See, this love that we have within our hearts is supernatural. I think I said this the last time I preached with them. There's nothing in this room that would bind me to you. There's no reason for us to come together unless we were in a phylactery club or the library club or something belonging together, the pigeon flying club or something like that. But yeah. The one thing that binds us all is Jesus. And we are here to serve him. Because he bought each one of us sitting here. So that's why we're here. To love one another. Supernatural. It's a God-like love. And can only be produced as fruit if it's enabled by a supernatural source. The Holy Spirit. Unless the Holy Spirit literally hovers over the water and said, let there be light, and hovers over your dead life, and He raises you because the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. So that's the Holy Spirit. That's the same Holy Spirit that's in those two boys sitting there. There's no junior Holy Spirit sitting in them. It's the same Holy Spirit. We should let our children prophesy. Sometimes they hear a little bit clearer. 
We tend to prophesy. They sometimes prophesy. Okay. So let me suggest, they said I am a cheap day tonight. There's two scriptures on this whole page. I can't believe it. A cheap date. I didn't give them a lot of uh, scriptures. But let me suggest a few things about concerning service. Let me suggest a few things. To be a slave to one another means we must put aside our selfish feelings. And that means you meet the other person's need first. No, 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 wait. Let me, let me just go and my father. No, no, let the dead bury the dead. No, no, but I, I, I first need to, listen, my bonus is coming in. My children need shoes. No, 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 buy him shoes. Whoa. That's like a whole different ball game. Because that person's need is met first before you meet your own. Service isn't what you do, but rather an attitude of the heart. Because we can all do great things. We can all do nice stuff for one another. But it's with the attitude of the heart that you're doing it. It's the posture of your heart. How do you position yourself? Just mentioning a few things. To serve one another in the body of Christ is to commit. Listen to this, listen to this now. Is to commit your time. Like I often ask people, so, so we all kind of agree upon the 10%. We can maybe argue here and there about, is it 10 or 33? But usually the 33 guys don't even give 10, so God bless you. So just start with 10, man. Okay. Like it's not, it's pre-law. Okay. You're not under the law. But here's the thing, now I'm asking people, so you say you're so into the church 10%. When was the last time you tithed 10% of your time? Isn't that part of me? My resources, my talents. When was the last time you gave your talents? I mean, they're going to build in this building. They're going to need builders. They're going to need guys to help them. That's you serving one another. You bring your time, you bring your money, you bring your expertise. They are tithing right now by coming to worship here. That's what they were doing. They're serving all of us. They had a service this morning. He's leading a congregation and preaching and leading worship here tonight. That's, over, that's 33%, I think, roughly. <laughs> Think about it. And I'm not pointing just at Chad because, and like, well done, Chad. So, well done, Chad. Remember, it's, remember, it's not what you do, it's the attitude of your heart. Where were you this morning? Not yet. <laughs> but what I'm trying to... Don't... Shh. <laughs> Okay. But for me, that is serving. They could sit at home. 
I could get everything ready for tomorrow. It's this off day tomorrow. You can start getting in the zone for tomorrow and watch Netflix and whatever. But yet he decides in his heart. It's not what he did. It's the attitude of the heart. That's what it is. So the next thing is, if you're making notes, to meet, it's about practical needs. Meet practical needs. Practical. Don't be superficial. Listen. This thing of like, bless you, brother. I'll pray for you. But by the time I turned around, I must probably forgot to pray for you. Pray for that person right there and then, over the telephone, whatever. If you're going to pray for that person, pray for that person right now. Because then we're proper lying. We're just lying. Okay. Because we're not going to pray for that person. Be practical. What do you guys need? Listen, we, we, we're struggling. We just can't get to making food tonight. Cool. I'm bringing a pizza to your house. Make it practical. Mmm. Everybody is like hungry. This is like the late night show. Everybody's like, hey, I see that new boldness that you have there. I like it. I like it. I like it. Practical needs. Practical needs. Okay. Another translation for this word serve or service, apart from the word slave that we get, is to wait on. Who's been waiters in their life? Like it must be the most humbling job. I think any person that want to become a pastor, become a waiter first. Okay. I mean, Andrew Selly was a waiter. I remember that. He'll always tell us about being, his, being a waiter. But it's, you're learning. The word deacon, diakone, is the word to wait upon. Deacons in the, in the church was appointed so that they can help and wait upon tables, Literally. And help with the practical things in the church. So that the apostles could spend time in the word and in prayer, the Bible says. But we can all be deacons in my heart. Because we should all be. We should all be serving. Because the ultimate service was through Jesus Christ. He gave his life. Okay. So it means to wait on. So we wait on other people. It means we devote. That's a deep word. We devote ourselves to meet the needs of people. We're quick to say, devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, and breaking of bread. But devote yourself to one another. That's really what it means. That's what Paul is saying in Galatians 5. Service. My friends, means sacrifice. So it requires for us to learn with live, to live with less. So this week, we're seeing somebody, one of the elders' wives from Durbanville. She came to visit last week. And um, we, the Lord's blessed us with a wonderful house in Mossel Bay. It's, it's like Jesus' house. There's many rooms in my father's house. There's many rooms in our house. And I love it. So I'm bragging a little bit with, with this lady, and I'm saying to her, yes, God's given us this gift house, and we can always, you know, host. And we knew we were going to host a family from Oatsring this weekend. My wife, not knowing what I just said, just walks into it. She says, oh, there's another family that's going to come live with us. Everything in me goes, Krr! 
I'm like, now we're talking nine plus us, okay? You know, toilets and everything. But I just said it. And I had to deal with my heart, and I said to Nicole, I've just got to repent quickly because I just told you that this is Jesus' house. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm wondering how and making, you know, like literally we're counting the cost. And like, okay, electricity, and payday is Thursday. So you, you kind of work all that out. I was just being real, guys. But I served them. And it's sacrifice, and it's costing, but I served. And it brings great joy. It does. They bought us steak last night. <laughs> that brings great joy to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it means voluntary service. Nobody can coerce you, or nobody can manipulate you, into or force you into serving. Please don't feel that when you walk out here that I try to manipulate any of you into serving people. This must be voluntary from the heart. Again, it's the posture of the heart. So in our portion of Scripture, Paul encourages us to use our freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Use your freedom to serve others. You're free. So use your freedom to serve others. So freedom really, in other words, sets the stage for service. So if you are free, because the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. In actual fact, the translation says you are unquestionably free. So if you're free, you're free. Then that sets the stage for us to serve. So none of us actually have an excuse not to serve one another because of Christ's freedom. You can say Aina or Amen. I do. When I do this, I mean, I'm thinking about all these things. Gratitude for God's gifts will inspire you to use our gifts for others. A gift is not for you. A fruit on the tree is not for you. It's for others. You know, something that freaks me out is this little, like, we do little house churchy, and we do, I do my gift on you. You know, it's, you know, it's spiritual incest. That's what it is. Let's call it what it is. Okay. I do my gift on you. Now do your gift on me, please. You know, thank you. Now, that's not it. It's for the wider body of Christ. It's for those that are dying out there. It's not for me. My gift is not for me. My gift is for you. So I didn't receive something from the Lord to just make me look good. No. I need to walk away and you need to shine for Jesus. It's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And every gift, any gift, any gift, administration, helps, prophecy, tongues, every single one of them. It's not for yourself. There's one, maybe your personal tongue, for personal edification. But the rest is for the church. 
gifts. The fact that God gave His only Son, I already said that, should be also so inspiring for each one of us that we want to give. And that should most probably be the only reason for me. It's like people say, I don't know if I should be baptized. Yes, you should. Jesus was baptized. Enough. I want to be like Jesus, so let's get baptized. Jesus gave, I want to give. If anyone had the right not to sacrifice himself, Jesus had that right. Yet he offered his life for our sake. So we too can count others as better than ourselves. Some, some translation says prefer one another. Count somebody better than yourself. And lay down our lives for them. We wait on them and be slaves. So, so what do we do when we feel like we don't have time to serve? I'm going to give you three things that you can do practically. And this is going to cost you. This is going to be sacrifice. So hang on to your seats. We must consider the impact of every decision we make. I'm going to say it again. We must consider the impact of every decision we make. Where I stay, what house I'm going to buy or not buy or rent, everything as a Christian, you need to think about the other person, how it can benefit them and not benefit me. Your purchases, how's it going to benefit somebody else? Am I spending all the money on me or am I able to give others as well? Your purchases, your commitments, your commitments, think about it. But I'm, 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 playing, I'm playing in the, you know, the reserve team of the tennis club. I've got to be there on Sunday, so I can't unfortunately be. No, quit the tennis club. Quit it. Count the cost. Bible says count the cost. Consider the impact of every decision, your commitments, your responsibilities, your hobbies. There's a story about a, a church, a big church, and the pastor was sitting with them, and he's asking them, so, like the leadership, he says, so who of you have unsaved buddies? And they all go, no, none, none of us. So he made it part of their jobs to go do something in a week that they will hang out with unsaved people. Go play golf. There's lots of unsafe people on the golf course. Lots. Go gym. Go surf. Do something where you can hang out and actually rub shoulders. Otherwise, we what? We're not salty anymore. We've lost our taste. We just know how to hang with other elders. No, go out there. This is not a suggestion for us either. It's for all of us. Sheep make sheep. And we're still sheep. Let's go out there. So think about your hobbies. Think about what you do. Everything. Count the cost. Is this okay? Everybody's just going quiet. All your projects that you're doing that contain hidden costs, you know? 
Make your sacrifices. Think about them. We must be ruthlessly realistic about the cost. Be realistic tonight. Think about your life, how you can position yourself to help other people, to serve one another. I can't tell you what you must do. You need to go stand before the Lord and ask Him, how can I do this better, Lord? Do I buy another bed so that more people can sleep in our house? Do I hire a porter toilet outside because there's more people? I don't know. Think about it. Practical. Again, it's practical stuff. Number two, we must simplify our lives as much as possible. We're a very complicated generation. We have complicated life. We have complicated so much that we can't, we are incapacitated to help others. When the call comes, oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this because I have to do this and I've got to be there. And I, listen, guys, I'm not asking you all to just go and say, I'm just going to quit my job and sit at home and wait to wait on people. I'm not asking that. Ask the Lord, because there's something that is restored, I believe, to the church, where, where a lot of people think that it's just the clergy, us. I want to say to you, 513, 516 years ago, Martin Luther, when the Reformation happened, he restored something back to the church called the theology of vocation. He said, everything in life and work is sacred. So whatever you do is sacred unto the Lord. It's not just me that's sacred and that's holy because I'm the one that can hear from the Lord, but anybody. You could be working in the field. You can rebuild the car's motor. You can do whatever. Your place is your place where Jesus has added you, and you can preach the gospel there. Simplify your life as much as possible. Throw those things off. And I know that verse is about sin, but I think we have so much baggage in our lives. Let's streamline it for Jesus, man, and run flat out. Can't run up a hill with a backpack full of rocks. Throw it off. The third thing is we must make service a habit. And a habit can be formed very quickly. We must make service a habit and build it into our weekly schedule. Start doing it. It's like a diet. If you don't do it, it's not going to do it. It's like gymming. It's like running. It's like anything. Start building it into your life and make it part of your whole family. Not just mom and dad, children, everybody. My kids sleep on the couch. So somebody else can have a bed. And they're okay with it. It's like, it's fun for them. My daughter was sleeping in front of the TV. She was like, oh my goodness, I'm in front of the TV. I can sleep here. Make it fun. Make it simple. <laughs> Service will fit into the rhythm of our lives only if we make it a regular priority. So in ending... Always check your motives when you serve. From where does it come? Remember, the needy owes us nothing. 
okay? And it isn't right to make them think that they do. Don't manipulate people and say, you, you have no idea how much I sacrificed for you. Come on, stop packing your bags and going on a guilt trip. Stop it. Seriously. Just serve them from the bottom of your heart. Don't say, you, this, is, this is so tough for us. You have no idea. And I've seen pastors lying over pulpits like this go, you have no idea how hard it is to lead you bunch. <laughs> like then don't lead this bunch. Go somewhere else. I've seen it. Yo, every week on Facebook they put a post of how hard it is. We serve for their sake, not our own. We serve to obey God, not to get them to obey us. We're not manipulating them to now obey me because I've served you. Service in plain is love for your neighbor. Look at that verse, verse 14. Love your neighbor. That's what it is. The whole law is fulfilled. In one sentence, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So like I said in the beginning, it is one person, it takes one person in this congregation tonight to care for another person in need. One person. We serve because it is right. We serve because we are being made new every day in Christ. We are being made new in Christ as well. We serve through love and because He loved us first. Romans 5, 8. Look at that if you don't believe me. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You and I deserve nothing. But yet God decided to give His Son. And His Son says, no man takes my life, I will give it. We serve because it is who we are. And we cannot do otherwise. It's who we are. It's the nature of Christ. It's the nature of the Father. It's the nature of the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this story and maybe just close your eyes. A prominent Christian leader was known for his willingness to help needy individuals with their social and financial pro problems. And no, it's not Stephen um, Corkill, but although he is doing it well. So when they asked why he took time out of his busy schedule to do this, he replied, When I was a boy, I worked in our family grocery store. I was taught that I should never ask a customer, is that all? Instead, I was told to say, isn't there anything else? So let's stop asking, is that all to one another? And ask, isn't there anything else? And he said, I have carried this philosophy over into my Christian work. Isn't there anything else? Let's close our eyes. Lord, isn't there anything else we can do?
May this be the cry of our hearts tonight, Lord. To serve one another. To love one another. To prefer one another. What your word says, we must welcome one another. Pray for one another. Defend one another. There's so many of these in the Bible that you've called us to. But tonight, Father, I believe you put your finger on this congregation, on serving one another. But then, let it go further. Let it go beyond Judea. Let it go to Samaria and to the ends of the earth, like you've called us in Matthew, where you say, go into all the world, that it, from this place it will start with us to serve one another. And Lord, that people will be drawn to this because your word says, by this will people know that you are my disciples, your love for one another. And it's through love that we serve one another. That we will serve the one that's coming in, the orphan, that the lonely can come in and be added to family, into a household, Lord. So, Father, tonight I want to pray for each person that's sitting here. And maybe, maybe just your heart is just it's a conviction in your heart. And this is between you and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to respond and put up your hand or stand or anything. But just in your own heart tonight, do a transaction with the Lord. Let the Lord speak to you tonight. Let it not be my words that's cutting. Let me not be the offense. Let him be the rock of offense. And rather fall on the rock than the rock fall on you, the Bible says. So tonight, Lord, if there's repentance needed, where we have neglected one another. I pray, God, that you will come tonight. You will bring restoration. You are faithful. You are just. If, you, if we confess our sin before you, Lord, and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. Lord, let us build these things into our lives daily. How to serve one another. And almost outdo one another, really, in an essence. It's just to prefer that person more than I prefer myself. And Father, I don't think we can outgive you. You've given your only begotten Son. You gave your Son. And Father, tonight, even as those people may be still sitting here that have not received you as their Lord and Savior, I know that earlier I spoke about that girl that died. But I want to again. I don't want to walk from this place and not give you that opportunity to say yes. Yes to the Lord. Jesus came for you. Luke says this, that he came to seek and save the lost. So tonight, if it's you, maybe just slip up your hand. If you couldn't come to the front earlier, just maybe slip up your hand and say, Stefan, that's me. I would love you to pray with me. Every eye is closed. Now, everybody's praying right now. I'm the one seeing whose hands are going up. And I would love to pray with you. If you submit your life to Jesus tonight, anybody here, it's a bold step. 
It's a big step. It's the biggest, it's the biggest decision of your life. It's bigger than getting married or buying a house or finding a, a husband or a wife. This is the biggest decision of your life. Because this has got eternal ramifications. Eternal. See if there's anybody here tonight that says, that's me, Stefan. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to come speak to me afterwards, you are welcome to do. Because I would love to pray with you. Father, I pray for this congregation, for Benny and the whole team that's leading here, Lord. That we will be known by how we serve one another. And as we serve one another, that the community in, in George will see how we serve one another. How we prefer one another rather than, than build our own little paneled houses. So Lord, today, show us. There's a better way. It's the way to serve. And we ask this tonight, Lord, humbly. You say we can enter boldly into the throne room of grace, but we also enter lowly with the humility. So we enter with humility. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand tonight, Lord. We ask this, Lord, lead us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We can't do this in our own strength. Lead us with your Holy Spirit tonight. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.